0: well good morning and so glad that you are here thanks for uh, joining us today and and uh, looking forward to to worship and and singing together and, and studying the Word of God together uh, if you're a guest I want to say a special welcome to you thank you so much for being here um, we would love to connect with you if you are a guest there's one of a couple ways that we can do that there should be a card in the pew back in front of you if you would fill that out and at the end of service you can just leave that in the pew where you're at or at the end of service when we go to leave, you can leave that in the offering plate, um, whatever, whichever way is great. Um, or you can go to our website if you've joined us online uh, or in person, you can go to sbcr.org and there's a button that says, I'm new. And click that button, fill that information out, and it's a way for us to connect and know who's worshiping with us today. And so we're glad that you chose to be with us. Want to make you aware of a few things that are happening in the life and ministry of our church. Um, uh, you saw on the uh, the screens a minute ago, just kind of flashing through those announcements. We do have a new texting number. Um, we don 't have the one call system anymore, and so uh, we have the texting now. I understand not everybody does texting and that's that 's okay. We understand that. You can help us if you 'll call and let our office know if you if you don't receive text you don 't have to te- text us back um, and it, with each one or any of that sort of thing. Um, but if you uh, don't receive text at all, uh, if you'll let us know, then we are working on getting a plan together, how we might be able to get a call uh, to those who don't receive text. So just want to make you aware of that. Also, just a little bit of housekeeping. I understand um, that uh, you've probably noticed one of our screens is not working this morning. One of our projectors is, um, we're afraid it's on the fritz going out. And so anyway, Lord knows that. And and so, um, anyway, we've just got the one side working this morning. Apologize for that, and we'll uh, we'll try to work through and, and see what we need to do. Uh, a couple of things just want to make you aware of. First of all, men, we are uh, kicking off our men's Bible study tonight at 6 o'clock, calling it Man Up. We will meet in a fellowship hall. We'll have a time of worship, time of teaching, uh, just spending some time together, so it's for um any and all men that want to come be a part of that so invite your friends you don't have to be a member to come Uh, we will launch that tonight um and and just really looking forward to that so make plans to be here be a part of that um if you can't uh, for whatever reason you can't be here tonight we will not be meeting next week uh but the following week we'll kick back off again and and uh, we'll have about six weeks there where we'll meet together um, if you can't make tonight, don't, don't forego coming to any of them. Uh, man, come come when you can. Be a part of those on the nights that you can. So uh, Those will be on Sunday night, so I hope you'll make plan to be with us. There's some other things going on. Um, uh, Jonathan's uh, hosting a group here. Anybody wants to come watch the Super Bowl next uh, Sunday night here at the church? Uh, and then also uh, next Sunday, there's a Young at Heart uh, lunch immediately following uh, service. There's a note about that in the bulletin. So if you'll if you'll uh, see that, and you got any questions or anything, you can uh, speak with those leading on that community, Miss Donna uh, or Miss Steve or Miss Sharon. Uh, and they can help answer any questions or give you any information uh, that you may need with that. All right. Um, well, as we get ready to transition to uh, focusing on the Lord and our time of worship. We just finished our uh, three weeks of a healthy church. And as the, the final part of that last week, we had a time where we uh, spent time in prayer and just focused on seeking the Lord together, praying together. Uh, it, that, that part of the service and that time of praying together is always a highlight for me, especially um, those of you that were here. I believe the Lord really met with us in a unique way. And I believe that's because we gave ourselves to prayer as a church family. And so with that, we are jumping back into John 3 and and walking through the book of John. Uh, But I wanted us just to take an intentional time this morning before we jump right into singing and studying the Word of God. of just trying to pause and focus our heart and our mind on the Lord and spend some time praying, seeking the Lord together. And so... I want to do that. Um, Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Uh, I I was, as I was thinking about this in Psalm 28, uh, verse six and seven says, blessed be the Lord, because he has heard the voice of my supplication. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in him and I am helped. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoices and with my song, I will praise him. The Lord is their strength, and he is the saving refuge of his anointed. Save your people and bless your inheritance. Shepherd them also and bear them up forever. Um, Wednesday night, we had a strong time of prayer in here. I want to encourage you to make, if you're not serving in an area on Wednesday night, uh, come, come pray. Um, I think it is, will be and needs to be the lifeblood of our church. Um, That time of praying together. God met with us. We had a small group here Wednesday night, but God met with us. Um, I believe he wants to do some things today. And so um, we talked about last week, there's a difference in the omnipresence of God. God is just present everywhere all at one time and the manifest presence of God. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to just have church today. I want to meet with the Lord. Um, And I want to desperately see God at work and move in, in the life of our church. And so uh, we're going to have a time, just pause for a few moments and and seek the Lord together. And so um, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. If you'll just bow your head and close your eyes and I'm going to invite you if you want to come and uh, kneel at the altar, spend a few minutes here at the altar and, and pray and Matt's just going to uh, play softly for us and let's just seek the Lord together, ask God to meet with us, beg him. Uh, to meet with us. So if you want to come and pray, you come. Uh, If you want to kneel right where you're at, you do that. Uh, Let's just take a few moments here and seek the Lord together. God in heaven, uh, I thank you for your love and your kindness. I thank you for your grace and your mercy. Lord, thank you for allowing us to, to come today. Lord to worship you You're worthy God you're worthy of all that we could ever sing say or do for your glory And so God I pray that as we gather here today that we would lift high the name of Jesus Lord we'd set our focus and our attention on you God, I pray that you, Holy Spirit, would manifest yourself among us. That you, Prince of Peace, would settle among your people. God, I pray you'd forgive us of all sin and unrighteousness and of judgment. God, I pray you would you would give us boldness to sing for the glory of God. That we would seek you. That we would desire nothing else this morning than just to meet with you. God, I pray and beg you that when we leave here today we'll know that we've met with you, Lord Jesus. Lord, you're worthy. We pray in the matchless name of Jesus, Amen.
1: Would you stand with us as we sing, Lord, I lift your name on high. Lord, I lift your name on high. Lord, I love to sing your praises. I'm so glad you're in my life. I'm so glad you came to save us. You came from heaven to earth To show the way From the earth to the cross my dead to pay From the cross to the grave From the grave to the sky Lord, I lift your name on high Lord, I lift your name on high Lord, I love to sing your praise glad you're in my life. I'm so glad you came to save us. You came from heaven's word to show the way. From the earth to the cross, my debt to pay. From the cross to the grave, from the grave to the sky, Lord, I lift your name on word, to show the way, from the earth to the cross, my dead to pay, from the cross to the grave, from the grave to the sky, Lord, I lift your name on high, Lord, I lift your name on high. Taking my, my sin, my, sin, my cross, cross, my shame, rising again, I bless your name, you are my all-in-law. All. When I fall down, you pick me up, when I am dry, you fill my cup, you are my all in Not in Your name, Jesus Christ, my living hope. Jesus Christ, my. Living
0: God has been good to us, has He not? He's been far better to us than we've been to ourselves. God is worthy of our praise. He is worthy of our adoration. If you have your Bible today, and I hope that you do, will you turn to the Gospel of John? The Gospel of John and John chapter three. I am preaching this message, uh, just simply born again. Before I get into the message, uh, just preparing and getting ready for this, and understanding that that certainly, I, you know, I, I've been praying that God will God will do the miraculous this morning, that God may save somebody this morning that's been that's been waiting or contemplating salvation, and and I don't know if that's you this morning, but. Also, I recognize that many of us have been in church for a long time and many of us have have, have gone through the motions and all those sorts of things. And, and undoubtedly, several of us have been saved. We've experienced this new birth. But why, why walk through this gospel? Why I believe a message like today is as important as it's ever been, not only for those who have not trusted Christ for salvation, but also for the church to understand the need for the miraculous in our day, the need for salvation in our day. And not just out there, unfortunately, there's a lot of need for salvation in the church today. Why would I say that? Let me give you just two very simple statistics of some recent Pew research. The first one is this. 45% of Christians surveyed said that you do not have to believe in God to go to heaven. Listen to the group that was surveyed. I said that these were self-proclaiming Christians said that 45% of them said you don't have to believe in God to go to heaven. 53% of self-professing Christians said that many religions can get you into heaven. They didn't even say that just Christianity, but they said many religions. 53% of self-professed Christians. You think about some... uh, some, some spiritual heroes that have uh, gone on to, to, to be with Jesus, like Adrian Rogers and Billy Graham. Men like those said that over half of those in Southern Baptist churches were lost without Christ. And, and one said that, that probably 90% of those that were on church uh, roles as members in Southern Baptist churches were lost without Christ. And I don't know what those statistics are, and, and certainly never will, and, and uh, the Lord is the one that knows those things. But friends, I'm telling you that we want to look at Washington, and we want to look at our schools, and we want to look at a lot of things and blame a lot of areas, but dear friends, I told you last week, we got a lot of folks that complain about where we went wrong is that there's no longer any prayer in the school, but there, there's no prayer in church anymore. And we look around our community, we look around at at, at the political landscape and all these sorts of things, and we want to blame all sorts of things. And dear friends, 45% of self-professing Christians said you don't even have to believe in God to get to heaven. 53% said that you don't even have to be a Christian to get to heaven. So, friends, we better do all that we can to read and study the Word of God because let me be clear this morning the Word of God is clear on this. And He has a message for us today. That you maybe have come in this morning and, and maybe you find yourself in the camp of one of these percentages. And if you do, man, I love you still. And, and more importantly, God still loves you. He's not caught off by surprise of our circumstance or where we're at. But dear friend, every one of us is in need of salvation. And before I preach the message, before I preach it, let me... Uh, uh, John chapter 3, beginning in verse 1. If you found your place, where you stand with me in the honor of the reading of the Word of God. And God's Word says, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God. For no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it, but you cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. since it is everyone. So it is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Let's pray. Precious Jesus, we love and adore you. We thank you for your goodness and grace. I pray, God, in heaven, you bless the preaching of your word. Hide me behind your cross and fill me with your spirit. God, you are good. And I pray this morning that we would be reminded of your goodness, overwhelmed by your goodness. God, that we, those among us who don't know you, God, that they would repent and believe on you. And I pray for born-again believers that we would be God, heavy under conviction about the reality of those around us that need to hear the gospel. We pray and ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you. Well, I've already given it to you, but the main idea of the sermon is this, is every person must be born again. Every person must be born again. The question then this morning is, have you been born again? Have you experienced the rebirth? Have you experienced regeneration? Have you experienced the saving relationship that only Jesus can provide? It's mandatory. We're going to look at that in just a moment. There's three truths I want us to walk through this morning as we look at the text of verses 1 through 8. At the end of chapter 2, you'll recall there was an interesting phrase uh, that that John gives us about Jesus at the end of chapter 2, verse 25. And near the end of that uh, uh, verse, it says, For he knew what was in man. And what's he saying? Jesus knows what's in you and I. He knows us at the depth of who we are. He knows all men. So it's interesting that John ends with that comment at the end of chapter 2, and then we get to our text in chapter 3, and and here's the first one. Number 1, to be born again is for everyone. Verses 1 and 2, to be born again is for everyone. So look at verse 3. So he ends at the end of chapter 2, for he knew what was in man. Verse 3, there was a man. See, John was setting the stage. He knew the interaction that was coming. He knows the detail of this. And under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he ends chapter 2. He says he knows what's in the heart of man. And this is where we struggle to realize the real true depth of our depravity, of our lostness. That we somehow have convinced ourselves, we've listened to society tell us that inherently, at the core of who we are, we really are good people. We really are solid, we really are, uh, we'll make good decisions, but if we make bad decisions, it's somehow a a symptom, a fruit of bad uh, childhood or a bad environment or uh, unfortunate circumstances. But dear friend, that is contrary to what the Word of God says. The Word of God says in Jeremiah 17.9 that the heart of man is desperately wicked and deceitful above all else. Who can know it? The Bible says all men have uh, sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans Romans 3.10, as it is written, there are none righteous, no, not one. See, church, we've got to get back to being Bible convicted that at the core of every individual is a lostness that cannot be overcome by any good works. That you and I really are lost and destitute and without hope. And see, here's the reality no person will ever experience salvation until you become convinced of that reality. John in chapter 2 says, Jesus knows the heart of man. Because Jesus knows the heart of man, he knew he had to come. See, because if you and I really were good at our core, and you and I really could pull up our bootstraps and just become a better person and do a little better and make better choices and earn our way into heaven, then Jesus absolutely would not have had to come. And why would God the Father send His Son to die a wicked death as an innocent man for to provide a salvation that was not necessary? It's nonsensical. It does not make any sense. And so we've got to see this morning that he knew what was in man. And in chapter 3, verse 1, there was a man that came. There was a man that came. Notice chapter 3, verse 1. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus. Notice the description that we have, a ruler of the Jews. Verse 2 This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher come from God, for no one can do the signs that you do unless God is with him. What's happening here? Well, I want you to take notice of a couple things. First of all, he's described as a Pharisee and a ruler of the Jews. Well, this was the, if there was anybody in the day of Jesus' time, that would not have needed salvation, it would have been a man like Nicodemus. See, Nicodemus was born in the right family. He had the right heritage. He had the right upbringing. He likely would have been taught the the law, the religious law from the earliest of ages and held to the strictest of standards. And as he grew up, he became an expert in the law. He didn't just have a, a, a few pieces of candy from Sunday school about memorizing the uh, parts of the Bible, but he had all the patches, and he had all the I mean he had all the awards, all the things. he would have been an expert in knowing the law. And not only would he have been an expert in knowing the law, but he became really good at teaching and leading others. See, if there was a man that did not need salvation the day of Jesus, it would have been a man like Nicodemus. See, in our day, it would have been somebody, uh, a man's man. How would we describe him? Boy, he'll, he'll give you the shirt off his back. You ever need anything, boy, he'd give it to you. Never misses church. Always good and taking care of folks trying to help somebody. And all of those things are good qualities. We say, boy, he's never said a cross word about anybody. Never seen him get upset. He doesn't cuss. He doesn't drink. Boy, he's a good man. That's how we describe some folks in the South, right? And I'm grateful for good old boys and good old ladies. Not O L D, O L E, right? All right. Some of y'all. Some of y'all just step back right then, like, we're gonna watch this. He's gonna jump off in it. If you grew up in the South, you knew what I meant, all right? I'm grateful for good old boys and good old ladies. Dear friends, good old boys and good old ladies don't get into heaven because they're good old boys and good old ladies. They don't. Not without Jesus. Nicodemus, he came in the cover of night. Look at what else he had about it. Look at verse 2. This man came to Jesus at, uh, by night. Now, I, don't, I don't know what all that means. I, I don't know if he was embarrassed. I don't know if, if he was searching and seeking. I, I, I don't know what all that means. It just tells us he came by night. But notice this. He also had recognized the power and authority of Jesus. Look at what he says. Rabbi. He said, well, what does that mean? Listen, if Nicodemus was a leader among the Jews, he understood the authority and power of God. And for a, anybody to call somebody rabbi was to submit to their authority and their teaching. So what has taken place? He says, rabbi. We know that you are a teacher come from God. Man, it's probably that that Nicodemus was sitting around with some of the other religious leaders and they've already begun to hear and see what Jesus has been doing and how he has been carrying himself. Word has been gotten out and some of his buddies are sitting around and they're talking about this because did you catch the plural? We know that you are a teacher come from God. So he is submitting to the power and authority of, of, of Jesus, understanding that, man, he is doing some things and teaching in a way that is different than what they've been able to recognize, they've seen. For no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. You know what? There's a lot of folks that come to church and they've got some right theology. They're they're not necessarily in this camp of the 45 and the 53%. They're in the other camp. They, they, they believe the power and authority of God. They believe that Jesus is the Son of God. They, they believe there's, there, there's something to this Christian thing. There's something to church and, and reading your Bible and all those sorts of things, because Nicodemus understood he saw the power of God on Jesus. But at this time, he was still lost without Christ. And dear friend, it is possible for you to be a good old boy or a good old gal and then come to church and recognize the power and authority of God and recognize the Word of God as the inerrant, infallible Word of God and still possible for you to miss heaven and not have a saving relationship with Jesus. We've got to understand this morning that to be born again is for everyone. Uh, Checking the boxes and giving the envelopes and, and highlighting the verses is not enough for salvation. There's not an individual in this room that understands the difference between right and wrong that does not have the same fundamental need, and that is every one of us needs a saving relationship with Jesus. I don't care what race you are. I don't care what background you have. I don't care what happened in your childhood. I don't care what's in your bank account. I don't care how many membership roles you've been on. I don't care how many times you've gotten in a bad I don't care if you love hymns or contemporary, piano or guitar or sneakers or suits or tie. It doesn't, none of that matters. We have the same fundamental need, and that is we need Jesus to save us. To be born again is for everyone. 1 Timothy 4, 9 and 10. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance. For to this end, we both labor and suffer reproach because we trust in the living God who is the Savior of all men. Say all. Especially of those who believe. Jesus did not die for some. Jesus did not die for most. Jesus did not die for just many. Jesus died for all. And He is the hope of all. And He is the only hope. 2 Peter 3, 9, God is not slight concerning His promises. Some men count slightness, but He is long-suffering toward us. Look at this, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Every person in this room is in the same need. And that if you've not yet experienced it, every one of us needs to be born again. And so, number one, to be born again is for everyone. Number two, to be born again is mandatory. It's mandatory. Notice Jesus answers in verse 3. Look at verse 3. Jesus answered and said to him, so he, 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 Nicodemus recognizes the power, even submits to the authority that he has from God. But he says, what do I, how, how does one get to heaven? What, what, will he do, what must he do? He said, most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, look at this, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Mark or underline born again, and then mark or underline cannot. It's unequivocal. There is no other way into heaven. There is no other way to experience eternal life than to be born again. It's not just a good idea. It's not just a way. It's not a possibility. It is the only way to experience salvation. The only way for you to have eternal life, the only way for you to have a relationship with Jesus is to be born again. It is absolutely mandatory. John 3.36, he goes on to say this, He who believes in the Son of God has everlasting life. Present tense, the day you got saved, the day you surrendered your heart and life to Jesus, the day you were born again is the day that you gained everlasting life. He says present tense has everlasting life. And he who does not believe the Son shall not see life. But the wrath of God, look at this, abides, present tense, on him. Right now. For any person in this room that has not surrendered their heart and life to Jesus. The wrath of God is upon you. Now it's the goodness of God that prevents the full wrath of God from being poured out on you. John 3, uh, I believe 19 or 20 says that that you, those who believe not, are condemned already. You're under the condemnation of God. Uh, Edwards preached a a sermon that uh, centers in the hands of an angry God. And he talked about that those lost without Christ as if they're standing in the gulf and they're suspended among the the reality of hell and they're on a slippery rock. It's as if life is hanging in the balance and you're holding on by a thread and it's only the mercy of God that is holding you, connecting you because you are under the condemnation of God. You are under the wrath of God right now if you've not surrendered your heart and life to Jesus. And listen, friend, I know it's hard preaching this morning. It's hard. I, I may be communicating in some way that I'm angry. I'm not angry. I'm just really passionate because I know not a single one of us are guaranteed to make it out of this room, make it home, make it to next week, make it to whenever. And heaven and hell really do hang in the balance. 1 Corinthians 15, 15 says, yes, we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that He raised up Christ, whom He did not raise up. If in fact the dead do not rise. In the context of 1 Corinthians 15, it's the authority of the resurrection, but it's, the, it's the, the, the proof and the infallibility of the resurrection, but it's also pointing us that we must be born again we must be saved we use that word saved a lot and you ask a lot of people in the south have you ever been saved and and most people in the south at least for the longest it's starting to change now because we are losing uh, our culture and that's a whole nother sermon for another day A lot of folks will say, yes, I am saved and not much of an ounce describing or knowing what they've experienced. If they ever have experienced it. They'll talk about salvation as if it's the day they got baptized. They'll talk about salvation as if it's the day they come and knelt on an altar. They'll talk about salvation as if it's the day they joined the church. But dear friend, the question of the day is, have you ever been born again? So to be born again is for everyone. To be born again is mandatory. And then number three. To be born again is supernatural. It's supernatural. So look at this at verse 4. So Jesus answered him and said, you got to be born again. And he said to him, how, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born. Now listen, it's easy for us to kind of laugh at this and poke at Nicodemus a little bit, uh, but but this was an uh, expert in the law. Man, all his life he had learned and taught that here are the laws, you follow those, and because of where I was born, because how I've lived my life, there's coming a day in time when the kingdom of God is going to come, and I'm going to get in. And Jesus, in, in one short answer, has just turned everything he had been taught, everything he had believed his whole life, and turned it upside down. And he tells him, you must be born again. And so uh, Nicodemus going, how in the world is that possible? How can I, as a grown man, already born, go back into my mother's womb and be born a second time? And that can't be done. Jesus answers in verse 5, Most assuredly I say to you, Unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is uh, born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. So let me hit pause here for a moment. When he's referencing the water, I believe he's referencing physical birth. Here's what he's talking about. He's not referencing baptism. He's not teaching or preaching baptismal regeneration or salvation by baptism. Uh, there's too much uh, scripture that does away with that idea. Jesus is not contradicting that. I believe what he is talking about by being born of the water, that you must be physically have been born. Obviously, that's a prerequisite to be born. But then here, to be born of the water, and look at this, and of the Spirit. Now I think this is a... Obviously, Jesus is pretty good at teaching and uses great illustrations. Because as much control and as much input and as much effect as you had on your physical birth is about as much effect as you have on being born again as if earning your salvation. What do I mean by that? I said that to be born again is supernatural meaning it takes a miracle of God. Man, aren't you, weren't you, we have a few future-to-be young dads. Those of you dads, moment when your child was born to think that anything other than a miracle just happened. Just overwhelmed by the goodness of God and the miraculous. And, dear friend, sometimes we hear testimonies of a man or a woman. I read a testimony of a young lady that had uh, played basketball over in Danville several years ago when we were there. and She got addicted to drugs and alcohol for over a decade in her life. And not too long ago, God radically saved her and set her free. Thank you, Jesus. And what happens sometimes is we read testimonies like that and we hear testimonies of life change and we, we hear about somebody that, man, they're, they're addicted to drugs, alcohol, whatever it is in their life and we'll use phrases like this, man, it took a miracle of God to save that person. Or if they're going to get saved, man, it's going to take a miracle of God. And to that I say amen, but let me, let me help you with something. There's a little boy or a little girl here this morning that has not yet surrendered their heart and life to Jesus. Maybe they're young, five, six, seven, eight years old. And they realize this morning that my sin has separated me from God. And they realize that the only way for me to have a saving relationship with Jesus is to surrender my heart and life totally and completely to the Lord Jesus for salvation. And they get on their little knees and they clasp their little hands and they cry out to God saying, God, will you save me? Will you be the boss of my life? I want to be born again. And some of you already in the back of your mind are doubting whether that can really happen. Do they fully understand? Man, listen, I was 18 years old and I promise you I didn't fully understand. I still don't fully understand. Thank God that's not a prerequisite to salvation. But with everything of who they are, that little seven or eight year old little boy or girl man, cries out, God save me. And you know what? The miracle that it took for the drug addict, the alcohol, the prostitute, the dope boy, the gang banger the same miracle it took to save that individual is the same miracle it requires for that little boy or little girl. Because the Bible says I know they're cute. The Bible says they are dead in their trespasses and sins. Don't you say bad about my baby preacher? I know you ain't talking about my grandbaby. I am talking about your grandbaby. They're dead in their trespasses and sins. And it took every ounce of sacrifice that Jesus gave on the cross that they may have salvation, that it took for the worst of the worst. Because it's a supernatural work. It is a miraculous work. You can't earn it. It's absolutely, unequivocally impossible. There's not good, enough good deeds. There's a not enough outweighing because it does not work that way. Jesus said, unless one be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. He says in verse 6, that which is born of flesh is flesh. Meaning if you could, in your flesh, work up and earn salvation, you know what you get? You just get more fleshly reward. There's no way to work fleshly and earn spiritually. Look at this, he says, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, meaning if you can do it in your flesh and earn it in your flesh, the only reap or reward that you get is your flesh, what flesh can provide. But that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Notice in in the New King James, in this translation, it's capitalized. First one is spirit, capitalized, meaning that which is of the Holy Spirit only provides spiritual, i.e. supernatural, the miraculous. Meaning that some of you sitting here this morning, and it's maybe been going on for weeks or years, you are under conviction. You can't wait for today to be over. And I understand, I wrestled with that, I thought with that, trying to figure out what's going on. And it's the Spirit of God convicting your conscience, going, you need to be saved. You know what happens? Maybe not on the outside. We grab a hold of the pew in front of us and we hold on for dear life. Hoping it'll end soon. Hoping the conviction will go away. Think about Miss Renella came recently. And that was her testimony. She didn't say she was holding on to the pew, but she said just wrestling with it. And let me tell you what the enemy will do. Ms. Rinella said to me just a few weeks ago in my office when she came, she called the office and said, preacher, I need to meet. And she came and she sat down. In my, my synopsis of her words, she said, I'm under conviction and I'm tired. She said, but what are people going to think of an 82-year-old woman who's been in church her whole life? at all to know better. But let me tell you something. Friend, it's not about what you know or what you should know. It's about the Spirit of God drawing you, wooing you to Himself, saying, I want you. And it's an individual going, here I am. Take me save me. I want to be born again. He says, don't marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the spirit. You know what? God just does some things and I'm glad God does things that's far beyond my comprehension. And to think that God would save a red-headed stepchild in Ratcliffe, Arkansas, at 18 years old, when I deserve hell. And it would give me the opportunity to preach and travel around the world and see people saved is far beyond everything I could imagine in my life. And let me tell you something. God is no respecter of persons, as God is my witness, if God can do it in my life, He can do it in yours. If you'll surrender to Him. Give everything you have to Him. John 13, Who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Titus 3.5 says, Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit spirit dear friend today is the day of salvation some of you maybe have no clue why you stumbled in here this morning why you came in and you're thinking man the enemy comes and lies to you and then man i remember man you know, they may figure out what you did last night and figured out where you were last night or where you were last week and call you this and all that sort of thing let me tell you If there's nothing but excuses sitting on your shoulder why you shouldn't get saved, that's lies from the pit of hell. Because the Spirit of God is going, won't you come to me? The Spirit of God saying, here I am. Come, 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 is what the Spirit of God is saying this morning. And there are some this morning you've been wrestling and holding on for too long. Today is the day of salvation. Won't you be saved? Today is a day. So how? Here's what the next few minutes are going to look like. And can I ask you to do this just to hit pause? I know the temptation right now is to put everything up. We're near the end, all that kind of thing. Some of you who are Christians, I hope right now in your mind and in your spirit, you're begging God for salvation uh, among us this morning. Here's what the next couple minutes are going to look like. In just a minute, I'm going to pray. And I'm going to pray that for every person in this room that doesn't know Jesus, that the conviction is miserable. Say, well, that doesn't sound very loving. Man, it's the most loving thing I can pray for you. And then I'm going to pray that God will give you grace to say yes to Him. And surrender everything. Confess your sin to Him. Ask Him to be boss and master of your life. And give everything. Young, old, it doesn't matter. And then after I pray, I'm going to lead you in what we call a sinner's prayer. But understand this, words of a prayer have never saved anybody, anybody. The, the Bible says this, as God, it said man looks upon the outward appearance, but God looks upon the heart. If your heart's desire is that you would surrender to Him, that you want to be saved, then you call out to Him and ask Him to save you. The, the leading in the prayer is just helping your heart communicate to God. That's it. There's no magic formula. There's no magic words. It's simply going, God, I believe what the Bible says about you. I need to be saved. Forgive me of my sins. Jesus, be boss of my life. That's it. But I'll help lead you to surrender to Him. Let's pray. Jesus, God, I pray in this moment that if there's anybody here who doesn't know You, God, I pray You would save them. Give them grace right now, I pray, to repent of their sins and place their faith and trust in You. God, I pray that they're heavy under conviction and they experience the Holy Spirit conviction. But then God, I pray you give them grace to surrender everything of themselves completely to you. Without reservation, without holding anything back and say, yes Lord, here I am. I give everything to you. And if that's you this morning, you can pray out loud, you can pray in the silence of your heart. But you may pray something like this or pray in your own words. You may want to pray something like this. Say, Dear God, I know that I'm a sinner. Jesus, come into my heart. Wash away my sins. Be the boss of my life. I give everything to You. Totally and freely. Jesus save me. I pray in Jesus' name, and if you prayed that with every head bowed, every eye closed, if you'd say, Pastor Chris, I prayed that this morning and asked God, I'm wanting born again this morning. I just asked Jesus to save me. I'm not ashamed. Look right up here at my eyes. Say, I prayed that. Do you pray that? Amen. Amen. Anybody else? Say, Pastor Chris, you pray that, man? Amen. Anybody else say, Pastor Chris, I prayed today and asked God to save me and I meant it with all my heart. If you prayed it and meant it with all your heart, I'm going to invite you to come down in just a moment and I know, man, the enemy's going to sit on your shoulder and tell you not to come. Tell you all kinds of things. So I'm going to pray, and whenever I pray, I'm going to pray God give you boldness. And you come and take my hand. I want to encourage you. It's the single most important decision you'll ever make in your life. Man, I pray God's going to give you boldness that you don't care what others think. And you come. Say, Pastor Chris, I prayed that minute with all my heart. And it may be somebody else saying, I didn't look up or whatever it is. I don't care about that. But you may say, man, I, I prayed and asked God to save me. You come. Say, man, Chris, I, I asked God to save me. And as part of this as well, there's some of us, man, we've, we've grown callous and not broken over lost people around us, coworkers, neighbors, and friends. And we need to get back to getting on the altar praying for lost people to be saved. And so when I pray, I'm, I, I finish to say amen. That's your invitation. You come and get on this altar and pray for your lost friends, your family, your kids, your grandkids, your parents, your aunts, and your uncles. Man, pray that God would save them. And some of us just need to get on our knees and remember the miracle of God in our lives for salvation. When I say amen, you come. Don't wait on anybody else. God in heaven, thank you for your goodness and grace. And God, I pray in this moment That you, Spirit of God, would not let us stay where we are. But we would would move according to your leadership. God, I pray for those that just surrendered their heart and life to you. God, give them boldness. Bind away the lies of the enemy. Bind away the, the, the fear of their own flesh or what others may think. God, I pray you give them boldness. And God, I pray you would break the believers in the room over lostness. God, I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You get up and come right now. And if you prayed that a minute ago, you come. Come, say, Man, Chris, I pray and ask God to save me today. Chris, I've got questions. I need somebody to pray with me. You come on. Don't wait on anybody else. Everybody else remain in the attitude of prayer. You just be obedient to the Lord. Come.
1: decided to, to follow Jesus. I am decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning
0: Well, amen. Well, uh, thank you for being here today. I do want to, um, Tyler, if we could put that QR code up once again. I mentioned earlier talking about this number. It's our texting number. If you scan that QR code, it's going to bring up a text message. It'll already have the word tech there, and you can just hit send, and it'll, it'll enroll you, if you will. It'll join you as a part of our Second Baptist group, so you get updates on, on different things and what have you. Um, but here's what I want to say that if you if you pray uh, for salvation here's what I want you to do. I want you to type that number in at the bottom, open up a text message, type that number in or take a picture of it, whatever and and type in the word saved and um, we'll get that and that'll be a way for us to connect with you because again I think it's the most important decision you'll ever make and so you can QR, scan the qr code if you want to uh, get into our group or the the announcement part of signing up to receive those text messages um as announcements and different things. Um and just just be aware of that. All right. Um, let me remind you of a couple things. First of all, uh men, young men, uh tonight uh we launch our uh Man Up Bible study that starts at six o'clock. It's on the uh, we'll be in the fellowship hall, which is a room on the far end of our building on the other end there. Uh, we're going to have some singing, uh, some time of teaching. It's going to be really good, so I hope you'll m- make plan to be here uh, tonight, uh, 6 o'clock, so so join us uh, for that. Also, don't forget our midweek of activities. Look in the bulletin. There's a lot of different things that are coming up, uh, but I want to challenge you this way. Uh, I want to challenge you... First of all, for our Second Baptist family, I want to challenge you to consider giving at least one day every week to prayer, asking God to meet with, uh, to fasting and prayer, asking God's hand upon our church. Uh, You may consider doing it uh, starting uh, after you eat supper on Tuesday night, give a 24 hour period. And what that would do is if you come and join us, and I'm inviting you to join us right here in the sanctuary for our Wednesday night time of prayer happens at six o'clock. My invitation to you is start on Tuesday night and then come and at the end of your fasting and praying, we'll pray together and uh, uh, that'll conclude that time and and you go and and resume eating after that. Um, If you can't do that and if you can't fast because of dietary, different things, health issues, Lord knows, um, man, pray with us. Uh, but uh, as your pastor, I'm heavy under conviction that calling our church back to prayer, specifically corporate prayer, praying together, all right? So let's stand together, and uh, thank you so much for being here. Uh, As always, there's an opportunity to give as we leave today. Uh, Your regular tithes and offerings help support the work and the ministry. Uh, Thank you so much for your faithfulness to give. Um, We are grateful for that and, and grateful uh, that you're investing in the kingdom. And so I want to encourage you to be faithful and consistent in that. And uh, you can go online and give that way, uh, or you can give in person, all right? So let's uh, let's pray, and we will be dismissed. Thank you for being here. God, you're good and gracious and kind. We thank you for today. I pray, God, in heaven, and all that we say and do, would bring honor and glory to the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray that, uh, God, you would go before us and behind us, help us to be a witness for you. And uh, uh, just uh, thank you for all you do. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Lord, I lift your name on high.
0: Lord, I love to sing your
1: praises. I'm so glad you're in my life. I'm so glad you came to save us you came from heaven's word to show the way from the earth to the cross my death to pay. from the cross to the grave from the grave to the sky lord i lift